right. Well, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, Healthcare is Missing Link, a podcast where we help you uncover the things that are stealing your best and most optimal health. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, your host today, and it's my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome Harry and Cher- and Cheryl Salem to the program. I'm excited. You guys, I've been all over your, your website, and um, I tell you, um, looking at you guys' website, what a ministry it is, a family-based ministry. You guys are based in Southern California. Um, Cheryl, you are a former Miss America 1980 had a lot of comebacks. You guys were sharing, you know, some tragedies you've had in your life and have had uh, to deal with. And Harry, you've had tragedies too as well. So you guys are the um, picture of resiliency. But I know your resiliency does not come from something inside. It comes from someone inside of you. So uh, let's dive in. But first of all, man, really thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate this. It's our pleasure. Thank you for having us today, Mark. We're we're excited about doing this, and um, we've uh, we've been in the ministry over forty years, and um, in some shape, form, or fashion, Cheryl's uh, started out with their little family in a singing group, and then um, uh, as a uh, prospective Juilliard student, um, that got interrupted when um, she became Miss America and began to use that platform mm-hmm. uh, for Jesus Christ, and then. Uh, as you mentioned, we've been through some things in our life, tragedies and situations. My father died of cancer when I was 10 years old. And um, when Cheryl became Miss America, she worked 365, 24-7. And we ended up getting married and um, making a long story short, many different obstacles in our life. Um, one uh, that Cheryl was diagnosed with cancer and one that our daughter, Gabrielle, went to heaven with in an operable brain tumor, brain cancer. And so um, we understand about walking in by faith and walking in health. So yes. that's just a little synopsis of our 40 yes. years of ministry. I was just thinking as you were talking how the scripture says to him who endures to the end. That's a word that we don't talk enough about that. Uh, we're not a society that's not going to have trouble. We're going to have trouble. But it's how do you go through trouble? That's what develops and reveals your character and your heart is not the one who's never had any problems, but the one whose heart and character is revealed in the trouble. And so that's what we can say. Honestly, we are enduring to the end and we will be saved. (laughs) I love that because you mentioned that term endurance. And I think of the athlete that's going through a race of life. I think the apostle Paul talked about that, but there it's not going to be an easy journey, is it? And you guys have um, overcame some things. And I kind of want you to, as much as you want to kind of go into that, you know, what people are, are hearing this for the first time, they're saying, okay, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You guys have been through this, this, and that. How did you feel through that? How did you overcome? And what made you not stop? Well, the first, Mark, uh, we have been through things. And, and just recently, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And um, just skipping forward, and then I'll go back to your answer. But I, I determined in my heart that um, I was going to do what the Bible says, when you've done all, stand. And so I began to put myself on a, a, a diet or a, a regiment of exercise and things of that nature. Eating I, right. Eating right, sleeping right, resting right. And um, I have reversed the diabetes. I'm no longer a diabetic. I haven't been for two years. And so I, I developed a healthy lifestyle. And 
for us in ministry, it's the same thing in ministry. You have to develop a, a, a healthy lifestyle spiritually. And so before something attacks you or comes against you, the Bible says, as Cheryl said, in this world, we will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Well, the Bible also says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you have to determine in your mind as well as in your soul, this, this sickness, this disease did not come from God. He created us in his image and he didn't make a mistake when he made my body or Cheryl's body or anybody watching body. So we have to take uh, some self-awareness and we have to do things on our own. So first off, we, we did the right things physically and then we did the right things spiritually. Number one, we didn't blame God. Right. That's powerful. And your energy. And when the scripture says, be of good cheer, he's talking about attitude there too. So the spirit and the attitude and the body and the soul, all of these things are entwined together. And so it's our responsibility to sheriff ourselves properly, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every realm of who we are, because we are a triune being, because we're made in God's image. So he took responsibility just as as I have many times because I've been now I've been healed of so many ridiculous diseases it's just as if I'm just a miracle because and and the thing is we when you're faced with a trial you got to determine that you're going to be be of good cheer you're going to keep your attitude right you're going to keep stop the blaming stop the shaming stop the guilt and get busy reversing whatever curse the enemies tried to put on you so, you know, you mentioned something that I find very intriguing, and I want people to hear it from you again in another more expanded way. Your responsibility when trials and troubles come your way. Kind of expand on that, will you? Well, um, you don't have to take, as Cheryl had cancer, she, she didn't have to take ownership of the cancer, but she had to take ownership of um, when people say, oh, I, I have cancer, and they say, but I'm stressed out, they first should say, I'm stressed out. What's a derivative of the stress? And, and so by taking responsibility, saying what is causing the stress? Here's a, here's a word for people. I, I work every day not to let someone else's chaos steal my peace. <laughs> I love that. Say that one more time. I determined not to let someone else's chaos steal my peace. So what does that mean? I can't control what goes on around me. Right. But we can control how we respond to what's going on around us. And, and the Bible says that we're to rest like the Lord rest. Well, he was in the back of the boat asleep, asleep in, the storm. in the storm. And that's rest. Yes. That's in the midst of the storm. So we got to the point where we began to say, what can we remove from our lives that are bringing this additional outside effect. That's not having any kind of eternal reward. And what, what move? Nor was it being as productive. It, it's almost like you're working the same way every day on something and you're seeing no productivity. You need to change. Right. Instead of sitting there going, well, it's going to change. Well, it's going to change. No, let's change and see if the derivative comes in better. And that's what we did for our lifestyle. That's right. And we've, and we've continually done that over the decades. We've been married 35 years. We've both been in the ministry over 40 years. And, and you know, anybody in the ministry knows, it is a stressful life. You're on 24-7. You've got to find a place to turn off. And we, we have watched the life of Jesus. I, was, I do a Bible study every day live. 
and I was doing second chapter of Daniel today, and it hit me so strong in the dream. It, it, he was supposed to not just interpret the King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but he was also supposed to give him the dream, tell me what my dream was, and then interpret it, or everybody's going to die that's in this realm that you're in. And so Daniel did, he did everything we should take to heart and do exactly what he did. First of all, he prayed. Second of all, he asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to pray with him. He got not, not everybody in the world, but the three he could trust to pray with him. And the third thing he did, he went to sleep. And I looked at the day and I thought, wow, he did not stay up all night panicking and stressing and worrying. He trusted in God that if I ask you to give me the dream, I need to go to sleep so I can get it. Wow, what a revelation. We need to learn to rest God's way. Hebrews 4 says that rest is still ordained today, but only a few will enter in. Well, we've determined that we're going to be one of the few that enters into the rest of God so that we can run our race all the way to the end healthy. We've been on the road for 40 years, between us, 80 years, yeah. and, and we're in good health. But, but it's not like you're sitting there saying, well, you know, you all have it easy. Uh, you don't have the stress. We have over 6 million miles on one airline <laughs> we have as stress. we have traveled. And stressful things can be if the flight's delayed and you're filling in for a minister, or you have a couple thousand people waiting for you, um, your stress level comes up. But we've learned um, that, that we have to discipline ourselves. And if we don't live with discipline, we'll die without dignity. So we discipline ourselves with our sleep regimen, with our food, with our, our vitamins that work out and, and, um, and, and that's just how we do it. That's, and we're both in our sixties now. Right. I'm 63 and you're about to be 62. I'm 61. Don't you get yeah, ahead of me. You're about to be 62. You're not, you're You'll old. never catch me no matter what. You're older than me. <laughs> guys, but we work and we work out hard. You guys, uh, chronological age, maybe in the sixties, but as people are watching, Seriously, the biological age is probably 20 years junior, and I think that's a very cool concept. We talk about that all the time. So when you're on the road, you talk about this discipline thing, and just like we do all the time, and as you know, and I know you agree with this, that discipline or self-control is just a very basic concept of the fruit of God's presence in you. It's not something you have to continue to ask for. It's something you have to tap into because you always have it. Now, when you're traveling, because I get this all the time, and I want you guys to kind of tell people what you do. They say, well, you know how it is, Mark. You know, you're going to be with people, and you're going to have to, and I'm paraphrasing, you're going to have to do what they do. You're going to have to eat what they eat, and you got to just please them. And you don't have time to work out because you know you're there to serve them. Okay, so talk to uh, all the listeners about those type of statements. Well, first off, um the Bible is clear in the statement. It says, I failed because I feared what people thought more than I feared what God thought. And uh, I, I live a fasted life. Cheryl lives a fasted life. I don't drink uh, soda pop. That's my choice. Not saying anything bad or good about that. Just me. I don't eat red meat. I haven't for 20 years. I began to fast when my daughter um, uh, was ill. And, and so those were two things that I really enjoyed. So the discipline to put them down and say, no, I'm not having that. So um, it does come in the beginning. It came with many challenges. And then people will say, oh, just go ahead and have, have a say. Oh, go ahead. No. no, I've made my choice. And if that if, if that doesn't work for you, hey, 
I get up a movie. If I don't like a movie, I leave. If, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm out of here. And yeah. once you get to the point, as Cheryl says, at our age, it's not important to be people pleasers. No, no nor to share anybody else. We, no. I, I can't tell anybody else what's right for them, but I know what's right for me. So when I, to, the scripture says, if you know to do right and you don't do it, now it's sin. So now we know to eat right. We know to sleep. We know to rest. We know to drink plenty of water. We know not to eat sugar. We know to stay away from the things that's going to kill us. And so because of that, it's our responsibility to share us. I am here sheriffing me. I can't sheriff you. I'm not there sheriffing anybody else. So we take responsibility. But the word discipline is, is a, a misnomer. The, the word means to make a disciple. So God is disciples of, of us trying to get us to live as long as we need to live and not die, but live. And I didn't learn this till I had cancer. And the moment a person gets a, a wrong diagnosis, they they start living up to the diagnosis instead of going, no, that diagnosis, it may be fact, but it's not truth. It's not my truth. I reverse that fact with the truth of God, with the truth of how I live my life. And so not only have I had colon cancer once, but I've had it twice. I've had, I've had cancer on my face twice. Cancer can't live on me, can't live in me. It Anything we can do to reverse it, we do. I've been healed of fibromyalgia, connective tissue disease, chronic fatigue, and crippling arthritis. All autoimmune diseases in the 90s. I've been healed from a, when I was 11 years old. My back was broken. My left leg was crushed into 32 places. God has healed me all of my life. I have walked out the life of healing. But many times the anointing that you carry, you have to prove you can carry it. And in my life, it's been the one of healing. And so I am not afraid to walk the walk and talk the talk and live the life with everybody watching. And that's what it takes. I love that, Cheryl and, and Harry, because you guys are bold in your faith. And um, it's important for us as believers to understand that this boldness that you're talking and walking in, it should be the normal thing for the believer, right? Can you comment on that? Well, but it is called a walk of faith. It's not a run of faith. Mm -hmm. We live in a society where everybody wants everything done yesterday. And so you think that you can stop doing what you're doing today and tomorrow it'll be reversed. It's a walk of faith. I heard something the other day. It said, you know, we, we salute firemen because they run into a burning building. But someone told me the other day they don't run in. They walk in because they want to assess what's going on around them so they don't make the mistake and have to back out. So we walk the walk of life, walk the walk of faith, and we take this journey one day at a time. And so I, I, we really try and tell people, take a breath. Breathe. Take a breath. You said that so much in this, this season. Breathe. You know, I, I talked to an Olympic runner one time, and I said to him, I said, what do you focus on when you run your race? And I'm thinking they're going to focus on the finish line. And he said, um, well, at first I focus on where I start. And I said, what do you mean? He said, where, my race that I run. If I look down at the starting line, it's the same line I have to cross the finish line. I'm a lot closer to my finish than I am to the very beginning. He said, so I focus where I start and I'll get to the finish. So many times people just don't start. 
And if you would just start, just determine. And if you fail, just get up and start again. My, our life has just been a series of starting over. Start again. The devil whacks you with something and you, you get through it. You overcome it. We are not survivors. We are overcomers. There's nowhere in the scripture where he says that we're survivors. So we are overcomers. If he's an overcomer, we're an overcomer. So, and I truly believe what you don't overcome will overcome you. Yeah. And so it's important the mindset of being overcomers. And, and that keeps us in a good place spiritually. It keeps us totally dependent on him and not on our own strength. So now you, you know what our passion is. <laughs> and when, when should the Lord tarry and we go to heaven, um, our legacy won't be our ministry. Uh, people say they're they're recording stars. That's their legacy, or athletes, or whatever. That's their career. Your legacy will be how did you affect humanity or change another human being's life for the better. And as we're now in our sixties, we have our children to say we want to help them in their life be better. We want to help our grandchildren be better. And so um, that's our focus right now. That's our passion to help people get better. You, you just said something that made me think um, years and years ago when I was first starting out, I've been through three windshields with my face from car wrecks and I, I drive now. <laughs> I don't drive. <laughs> I mean, Sometimes, but I don't drive much. And and I just asked the Lord, I realized I was reading the passage where he was talking to Thomas and he said to Thomas, he was already in his glorified body because he walked right through a wall, but he showed him his scars. And I said, hmm, Lord, am I going to have the scars on my body that I have incurred in my earth walk, just as you did in your glorified body? Am I going to have these scars? And I don't care. You know, after a while, you don't even care. It's part of your testimony. But I said to the Lord, well, I, will I have these scars. And he said the most profound thing to me that sticks with me even now. It's almost been 40 years since he said it to me. But he said, you only get to keep. He didn't say have to keep. He said, you only get to keep the scars that change other people's lives. So everything that we go through is meant to help somebody else go through it successfully. There's nothing that we go through that we should be ashamed of or afraid of or that we should be hiding. We should be helping everyone else go through something too with everything we've already learned and endured. I remember the scripture in Philippians that says, for I've learned that whatever state that I'm in there with to be content, learning how to be content, learning how to wait on the Lord. These are vitally important parts of being healthy, of having a healthy spirit, a healthy mind and a healthy body, because the spirit of God never, ever drives a person. He only leads. I love that. And, you know, Harry and Cheryl, you mentioned three disease processes that Many of us in, um, you know, my profession, they, the, the diseases of the affluent, right? That would be autoimmune, cancers, type 2 diabetes. There are others with heart disease and these uh, uh, Alzheimer's dementia, probably osteoporosis would fit in that category. Many times I see people come in and they identify with those things. I have or I am. I am diabetic. I have cancer. Um, I want you to comment from two areas. Number one, comment on someone or give them some encouragement, those ones identify with that. And then secondly, what's your take on the status of maybe the world's uh, sort of health status? And even in the U.S., what do you see right now regarding those things? Well, um, if you say I have something, you've taken ownership of it. Mm -hmm. 
And um, when they said Carol, Carol had uh, cancer, um, the cancer tried to have Cheryl. She didn't have cancer. She wouldn't take ownership of it. We had to get it out of there. And so um, that's the first thing is you have to watch how you, uh, you talk about these things. It's almost like, well, um, we have di- I have diabetes. Well, yeah, let diabetes come in and sit in the living room and, 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 and take squatters right. It doesn't have squatters right. It doesn't have an authority. And, and, and you, you have an opportunity to get it out, get it out. And so we don't take ownership of these things. You know, people said to us about our daughter's uh, cancer. They said, well, you, uh, we saw the tumor. And they said, well, you're denying that she has it. No, we didn't deny that she had it. We could see it on the MRIs. But what we believe was we deny the ability for it to take over her life. We did not try now, to be there. Now, people said to us, well, it didn't work. Your daughter still went to heaven. We'd still do it the next one. And, and my response to that was, um, it's not how long you're on this earth. It's how much you impact in the time that you have here. Mm-hmm. And our six-year-old little girl impacted people's lives. It, in our mind, that was her time. Um, so, so we have timing for everything. Don't take ownership of the disease, number one. You, you didn't get in this thing overnight. You're not going to get out of it overnight. Timing is everything. Walk through it. And then, you know, the other thing is, is that um, you don't know as much as you think you do. You need to get expert help. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, I, if I can't fix my car, I'm going to go to the best mechanic I can find yeah. instead of making it worse. Right. And so we got good counsel. And, and lots of information, uh, a lot of information, the spirit of God, ask him to lead us. And then we changed because you're talking about intellectual people. If you say, I think I can do it. Your mind can be manipulated by circumstances, its situation, its surroundings. But when you say you believe mm. that spirit, man, your spirit can't be manipulated because that comes from God. God has not been manipulated one day in this world. Mm. So what leave? So we have to get back what we think and we go to what we believe. And then we go to the third level is who do you trust? We trust him. We, who do you trust? We, and that's the walk of faith. We got in that place because God really spoke to me about when, when you're faced with cancer or, and many other diseases, uh, many times there's a protocol that's given by the doctors and it's almost as if you have no choice. It's just the protocol is and off you run and and that was not that doesn't work for us we everything has to be under the spirit of God and so one of the things the Lord really dealt with us before we made any natural decisions of what to do was the spirit of God spoke to me and he asked me just exactly what Harry just said he said what do you believe and I at first thought God was questioning my faith then I realized what he was saying was whatever you believe is where your healing lies that's why when people ask me should I take chemo should I take radiation should I have surgery I never ever say anything to them about it except this what do you believe and I always stop and say I'm not questioning your faith I'm asking you what is your belief system because if in your heart you believe if I have this surgery I will be healed you better have that surgery because your belief system is attached to the action. So if if you say, if I don't take chemo, I'm afraid I'll die, you better take chemo because your belief system is attached 
to what you're thinking. Our thinking is so important, but our belief system is attached to it, whether we believe it or not. It is. So whatever you believe, your healing is going to be in that derivative. So should you just not do anything? You better pray about it and figure out what do you believe. That's where it all lies. So, and I don't mean to manipulate the time, but um, you said, well, uh, for that, what would, would it be the, the health status for America? Um, a quick story. An 80-year-old man was, was watching his wife um, graduate on to heaven, and he was still talking about the next skiing trip, the next this, the next that, and, and she's getting ready to cross over. And then he looked at her and he said, how did we get here? How did we be 80 years of age, and how did we get here? Um, and that's what I want people to understand. If you're in corporate America and, 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 and you leave this earth, that company's 99.9% in my estimation will still be open the next day. Mm-hmm. But you get one shot with your family, with your mate, with, with your, your health, your, your health with, with, your, with your legacy impacting people. Because when you're gone, your impact's over. So... We keep ourselves healthy, not only for ourselves, but for our children our and our grandchildren. And, and so for us, it's, it, it's that important. And we don't want to be a burden on them later in life because we didn't do what we should have earlier in life. That's right. And so that's our responsibility. Our responsibility is try to make their life easier when we get in our, our golden years. Right. Of that because, uh, and I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that I did not tell them what to say. They sound like my wife and I, Dr. Michelle, speaking. It's it's wonderful. You know, you guys, um, you see what I see in the world. You know, are are we're not spending time caring for our physical, emotional, spiritual health, and we tried our best to separate those things. And I think, Cheryl, you talked about that. You can't. You you couldn't. You shouldn't ever. They're together. With that said, if you if you had to say, you know, to answer the question, what is the missing piece or pieces to get this back together? What would that be? You, you said the word peace. Yeah. The, the peace is the glue that ties your spirit to your soul, your soul to your body, that ties your bo- your body to your health. If you don't have peace, the Prince of Peace must rule and reign in your life. He's the one who guides you. He's the one who directs you. Jesus said, I'm going to go away so I can send you the spirit of God, all seven manifested presence of the spirit of God, and then all nine gifts and all nine fruits all for you. And when we walk in that, then our body, our soul, and our spirit can all be in unison and unity on the same frequency in the same wavelength. And waiting on the Lord is so powerful because waiting means to dance, to twist, to twirl, to interchange together, to intertwine together, to make strong. It's worshiping him, being a part of who he is, and just realizing my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Not just my soul, not just my spirit, but my body. And in a practical sense, uh, the scripture reads in the Message Bible in Philippians, it says, if you have a heart, if you care then do me a favor. So he says, if you have a heart, I'm including everyone. Yes. If you, if right you care. there, do you care? People don't care. Then it says, do him a favor. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. And he says, put yourself aside long enough to help others get ahead. 
So my my summation on it is it's about the heart. Mm. You can't change humanity. You can't change the world. You can't change your family until you have a change of heart. heart. And the scripture is very clear. It says, when, when the spirit of the Lord came upon them, he says, I gave him a new heart. Mm-hmm. And, and what that means is it gives you a heart of compassion for other people. We are in the third stages of our life. Mm-hmm. Cheryl and I have broken it down. There's three stages of life. Passive, that's the learning stage. Mm-hmm. Active is the doing stage. Authoritative is when you're imparting. Now, the passive stage, you can identify the smartest person in the room. The active stage, the dangerous one, when you think you're the smartest person in the room. But the authoritative stage is when you don't care and you're trying to make other people in the room feel smarter than they are. And so you have to understand where you are in your walk of life, embrace that area, and you'll eventually get to the point it was like in the Rocky movie when he said, you're one crazy old man. And he said, you'll get there one day. <laughs> Great. I'll get there one day. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. I, I am it's a, about the heart. I'm a type A girl. I was always about the destination. Everything was about my goals and my lists and my what can I get done and what can I achieve. But the truth is, life's about the journey. And, and many times you're so far ahead in your mind that you're missing what's going on right now. And that's a lot of times why people get sick, because they don't take care of the immediate. They don't take care of today. They're so far ahead or so far behind looking back at all the what should have could have and what didn't happen or what could have happened or what did happen. And so we need to learn how to be present, present with the Lord be present in life, be present with each other, and be present. And for us, when we talk about the heart, people will say, well, you'll go to heaven with a broken heart because your daughter went to heaven at the age of six. No, we'll have a scar on our heart, which will never, but we don't have a broken heart because we have future vision that our daughter is waiting for us in eternity. Alive and well. And so we always know that, that there is a, a, a future in eternity for us to make the right choices in life because she made that choice and she's in heaven. We will always carry that scar. But as my wife says, Gabrielle's no longer in our past. But she is in our future. So mm-hmm. we look forward to that which is coming. We don't look back. You guys, I tell you, if the people listening now, if if I have been thoroughly blessed, I am thoroughly blessed by what you're talking about. I am encouraged. I'm inspired because of, of meeting you guys and knowing you now. It's very important that people understand that. And I know full well that what you've said and what you've imparted to all of us today is not just going to stick for the now, but it's going to be a seed that's going to grow a crop of faith, of belief, of action, and to use your word, Cheryl, of peace. Because I want people to walk in peace and thoroughly um, with you guys. You, you you are busy, you're active. What's the next thing you're working on? The next big, you know, Salem family project, if you will. Well, that's it. It's a Salem family project. Um, our children are are, are uh, in ministry, and then uh, you know, of course, the influence we have on our grandchildren. But um, right now, with what is going on, especially where we live in California. Um, with the churches being closed, um, we continue to travel across the United States. We've written over 40 books, and then um, we have what we are starting, and we've started years ago, a school of worship, which talks mm-hmm. about 
worship, but it talks about prayer, it talks about heart. ministry, it talks about your heart, it talks about the gifts of the spirit, it talks about leadership, administration. And so we're trying to impart 40 years of ministry into the next generation because one of the things, and I wrote a book called The Rise of an Orphan Generation, is we don't have the spiritual fathers in our lives that we can turn to. Even a, uh, um, a, a, a father in the flesh, statistics say they only spend seven quality minutes a week with their child. And people say, well, I give them quality time, not quantity time. Listen, you don't spend time with your children. Someone else will be spending time with your children. Sure. Same marriage seminars, and we've written two marriage books. So we're just um, probably the next thing we'll do, our, our son has written children's books. So probably be the next thing be the grandparent books. And, <laughs> and you know, we, we have really uh, uh, just adjusted to the season with uh, everything that's been going on. We have really developed our YouTube channel, um, doing Bible studies every day on YouTube. And we're also doing Marriage Monday nights. And we do Thursday night prayer with people. Just let people call, type in their prayer requests and we pray with them. So we've stayed actively touching people through uh, our YouTube channel. And so it's been a really, uh, as Harry said, we've, we've sent out our books. I am a worshiper, so uh, I've done a lot of new projects. I am about prophetic worship, learning how to really worship God in spirit and truth, not just a bunch of songs and we're a bunch of performers, but we're really ministering to an audience of one. And so these are many of the things that we're doing well, right People now. have asked us, are you going to start a church? I believe our, our next generation will, but um, we haven't completed our last orders yet. Right. And so before we take on future plans, we want to make sure we've completed everything that he's told us to do over these last four years. Amen. You know, for the people who are listening out here, it has been um, just a, a flood of the heart of God coming from both you, Harry, and you, Cheryl, as well. I can testify to that. What would be a word of encouragement? To those folks out there now that's, that would say, you know what? I know God has a plan for me. I know he has these things for me, but I'm just not seeing it happen. What are words of encouragement you'd have for that person? Well, first thing, let's go right back to the very beginning. When the angel spoke to Mary, he spoke to a 14-year-old little girl. And she had to, by faith, accept the word of God. And he used a 14-year-old little girl. Flip mm -hmm. to the next page. She goes to Elizabeth's home where Elizabeth's in her 80s and her husband, Zachariah, is in his 80s. And they're saying that we're in our 80s. How can God use us? Well, they had to wait over 60 or 70 years to get pregnant, to manifest John the Baptist, who was going to announce the coming of the Lord. So they were in their 80s and God wasn't through with them. So what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter how young you are. If you just believe the word of God in your life, it will manifest and come to pass. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If you make yourself available to God, he will use you. And so that's the thing that I really would like to say to people is that you're not too young. You're not too old. And if you think the smarter, you're the smartest person in the room, let me tell you, you're the dumbest. Because Zechariah was 80 and he was still trying to figure it out. And, and the truth is, when you run after God, just run after God. Don't run after what you're supposed to do. 
Run after who you are in him. Who who am I? Not what do you want me to do, God? God really doesn't need us to do anything. He's God, but he lets us do things. But the whole point of you being here, the whole point of me being here is to develop who I am, not what I'm doing. And we can get all hung up in our doing. We can get our identity all messed up in our doing. And we forget how to be. He didn't say do saved. He said be saved. He didn't say do feel with the Holy Ghost. He said be filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't even say do holy. He said be holy, even as I am holy. And so, so much of what we're missing in this journey is we're such an instant drive through society. We think everything has to happen right now. But the truth is God's got us on a journey and we need to embrace the journey and run after God and run after only God. Don't run after destiny, run after God. And when you do, you're going to trip over your destiny. You're going to run right over it and, and you can't miss it because God would never put over your way on the right or way on the left something different than what he has planned for you running after him. And it all comes down to one quick story. If the people are wondering, you know, it hasn't come to pass yet, or uh, when am I going to have the fulfillment of what God's called me to do? The story in the Bible where there was a little boy with some fish and loaves. Mm. Now, they said there were 5,000 men, women and, women children, and children. So let's just extrapolate 20,000 people. How did the little boy get to be used by God? He made himself available. What did he make available? What God gave him in his hands. Too many times, because they said he only has some fish and loaves, too many times we diminish what God has already given us to work with because we can't do it on our own. But if you give back to him what he's given you to work with, make yourself available, let me tell you. You can feed thousands, you can change people's lives, and you can be an example to live for decades and decades and 20, 30, 40, 50 generations should the Lord dare. That's a good word, baby. Whatever you already have in your hands, enough. Just run with it. You guys are amazing, and uh, it's been a pleasure. How can people uh, connect with you guys? Well, you can uh, find our website, SalemFamilyMinistries.org. You can find us on our YouTube channel, Salem Family Ministries. Uh, we're on all social media platforms. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Salem Family Ministries. We have, I have an Instagram account, and uh, we are all over all those. He's like, I don't. He doesn't. But I do, and, I, and we're one, so now you do. And those are the best ways. You can call our office if you are still using the telephone. Most people don't even use their phone to make phone calls anymore. But that's 918-639-1747. And We're an itinerant ministry. We travel all over, and, um, and that's, that's who we are until the Lord changes our plans. So but those would be the ways to contact us. We appreciate that, but uh, we're just glad we could be available for you today. So glad to meet you. Yeah, we'll make sure we put your contacts in this for everyone. And I really encourage everyone to uh, uh, connect with Harry and Cheryl. You guys have, um, you know, as they say, knocked it out of the park today. And I have been thoroughly, utterly, completely blown away and blessed. I'm just honored to be able to speak with you both. Um, hope we can do it again, too. It would be a real, real pleasure. Um, well, folks, I tell you, um, what, a, what a podcast this has been. Because one thing I'd like you to do, as always, is to subscribe at the end of the podcast to find out what's coming next. And don't let the things that are missing in your life, such as peace, log you down from getting your best health care. We'll see you next week. 
on Healthcare's Missing Link. Bye-bye.